Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, July 11, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? There's a lot of stuff on the docket, not necessarily only today, but throughout the week. So what we're going to do is map out a couple of different scenarios and pathways or schematics that the market can take this week. The first thing we do is take a look at the big picture. We want to see what's jumping off the page at us on the daily chart, what's on the horizon in terms of things that can move the market, and we have two such items on the docket this week, which makes this week very, very interesting. The first thing that jumps out at me on the daily chart is really twofold. Number one is the market did the thing that we said or thought it was going to do. Now, what is that? Well, from a lazy swing trader perspective, if you remember, we bought a pullback down to 375 or slightly below. They did that thing. The idea was they were going to turn around and they were going to run up to run a test of the breakdown candle high. They did pretty much the entire thing We got all three exits on the swing trade. The final exit last week was at 389.50. For argument's sake, we're calling it 140 S&P handles in a few days. Now, that's important. Why? Because it takes us to where we are now. So what did they do? Remember, there's a method to the madness. What did they do? They ran a test of a breakdown candle high, or at least in the neighborhood of a breakdown candle high. So here's what we're talking about. This is the high area. They ran the test in the neighborhood up in this zone, and now they're just simply pulling back in a garden variety pullback situation. Fair enough. So let's go over a couple of things. They're above the 20 period moving average. That's not really so important on the daily chart. They're basically pulling back into an area that may coincide with or at least keep price above the 20-period moving average. We'll get to more of that in a moment. Let's pick apart some charts for a moment. Now we've got the 120 up on the screen. It's a two-hour chart. Well, what are they doing? They're actually putting in a bearish, flaggish pattern from the initial down move or gap down this morning. Now, just for argument's sake, let's take a garden variety retracement and find out what they did today. I know this looks a little bunched up at the moment, but what I want to point out should become rather obvious. What they did today was come down into what's a 382 retracement. It's a garden variety retracement. They bounced off of it, but yet they still hovered around that area by the end of the day. So there's a couple of different ways to interpret that. Maybe that's it. Maybe they'll be up tomorrow. We'll find out in the morning on what could be turnaround Tuesday. Or maybe they have another price in mind where they're headed for another garden variety type retracement. Well, what would that be? Let's stretch out the chart a little bit. Now, here's an hourly chart, garden variety retracement. Using a recent pivot low, a recent pivot high, they came into a 382 retracement today. And guess what and where the 50% retracement is? 
Right now, it's at 381. We'll call it 75 for rounding purposes. Smack dab in the middle of the 50 and 100 period moving average. Interesting nonetheless. Also, taking it one step further, we have a 618 that comes in with a spike of 380. What can we do with this information? We can identify that zone from 381.75 down to 379.65. And since it is a zone, what's in there that happens to be, if we can find one, a very important number where the market could be and normally would be drawn to like a magnetic force pulling price into that number and then have a bounce away from that number because it's of importance. 380, 380.70 is that area, is that number. Put that on a sticky note. It's smack dab in the middle of these two numbers. We're calling it a midpoint. 381.75 down to a spike of 380 is a zone where the market will normally have a reaction back in the other direction. The spot in question, again, on the sticky note, is 380. We'll call it 70. Let's flip around things for a moment, taking a look at the weekly chart, the bigger picture perspective. Forget about a pullback over the next day or so. Think about in the big picture what we have on the board. So we have options expiration week where weird stuff happens. We talked about it last week. It's here this week. We have earnings beginning this week with the banks starting, I believe, on Wednesday. You'll have some airlines, banks, a whole host of other things going forward. They're going to come fast and furious. That certainly has the propensity to move the tape. So we have options expiration, we have earnings, and we have, and you guessed it, a tinfoil hat event on Wednesday. That's not the only thing on Wednesday. That just begins the Wednesday activity. What else do we have on tap on Wednesday? We have another release of the what now is all-important CPI data, Consumer Price Index. It's a gauge of inflation that has everybody spinning and pulling their hair out. Why is that uber important? We'll get to that in a moment. Let's stick with the weekly chart and let me go through what I wanted to go through. So the market makes a bottom down at 365. Then it has a nice rally the following week. Then the following week after that, and that's the week ending July 1, they run a test of the breakup candle low from the previous week. Last week, they have another rally, and this week we don't know yet, but the concept is, and we talked about this last week, is if they can get going, and obviously they have to get over the high of a couple of weeks ago, 393.16, they'll potentially trade all the way up into the convergence of these moving averages, call it around 412, 413, maybe they come up short, maybe they spike them through, but then what would they be doing? You got it. They would be climbing the big weekly breakdown candle. See how this all works? Climbing the candle, the convergence of the moving averages would be magnetic and pull price in if they're able to get above the high here 
of 393.16. Now, technically, you have to get above there and close a week above there to really activate the next thing that would happen. However, intra-week, they can certainly have a nice spike, a nice rally, and get moving. Why do I bring this up? Because this is a very similar setup that the trade we just took off the daily chart when they climbed the breakdown candle high off the daily chart. Same scenario. Not the same setup. Not the same look exactly. Not the same chart. However, in concept, it's a very similar situation. Now check this out. We talked about this a number of times already. So here it comes again. This is an area where the market was making a bullish, flaggish pattern that will normally result in another move higher out of that pattern. But the market failed. Obviously, failures can always happen, and it did. So they failed miserably, and guess what? This was right at the time that the last CPI data, or at least one of the last CPI data, was released. So guess what? The market heard the CPI data, reacted on the CPI data, decided to use the CPI data as the catalyst to fall apart, and guess what? We have a new set of CPI data coming on Wednesday following a tinfoil hat event that takes place early in the morning. Interesting how this whole thing lines up on options expiration week and with earnings getting kicked off. There's a lot of stuff happening this week. Don't let a quiet Monday that looked like a Monday in the summer doldrums fool you just yet. So here's the net-net. The concept is, do we get a little more of a pullback into that area we talked about earlier in the video, and then all of a sudden, we get a springboard back up in the other direction? The other side of the coin is, we can certainly get an acceleration on the downside in the name of failure. Inside the number members, we'll certainly have a beat on what's going on pre-market on Wednesday and all that stuff in real time as it occurs and as needed. What about inside the numbers today? Even though it was a quiet day, there was a trade on the board from a commentary and S&P perspective, and then we had some stocks on the move hit so we'll circle back to those. Wake up with a little red on the screen on a Monday morning, starting regular way options expiration with a pullback. Already smell opportunity in the air. Let's run through the starting numbers for the week. The bull bear pivot is a familiar number from last week, 389.50. They could have run up there this morning. They just didn't do it. So therefore, we'll leave that one for later, but that, remember, was our exit on the swing trade. So we always give both sides of the tape. We're the umpire calling balls and strike. So if they were to go higher, we had some of that stuff. Staying below, the Bears are on offense. Keep in mind, pullbacks are normal garden variety, like a dip down to 385.30, which remains unfinished business from the other day and a spike down to 384.65 still creates a zone of importance the whole concept is from within that zone maybe a spike of that zone we'll get more into that as we go up in the notes 
should create a bounce back in the other direction. Fair enough. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. So as they crept into the 9 o'clock time frame, the thieves in the morning were taking away the would-be trade down to and possibly from 385.30. They ended up going lower after the opening bell. However, that was an area that we were looking for, for example, or I was looking for, if they were to bounce them at the open and started to fail, they would end up targeting 385.30. It was unfinished business. That's the way it works. You've seen this work over and over just like that before. Now, 385.30 becomes somewhat of an early pivot. Getting below and closing candles below opens the door for stuff like 384.65, give or take, more in real time. So we'll fast forward a little bit, 9.36, there's our 385.30, now it's showtime for the Bulls. At least the front end of showtime for a bounce back in the other direction. All right, you saw the pre-market notes, you saw all the way through the opening bell. The concept is they come into the zone and they bounce back in the other direction. Very, very simple. 9.40, as mentioned in the pre-market notes, they can spike a little and could take some time, but they should bounce back in the other direction from testing stuff down in the 384s and maybe even a spike into the 383s and change. Let's get a visual. Right of the vertical is today's activity. The zone you see is 385.30 down to 384.65. They did spike it a little bit. We talked about it in the notes, but what did they do? They turned around, they rallied it back up in the other direction, and yes, from the notes, it took some time. I say that from time to time. Sometimes they rip it right back in the other direction. Other times, it takes some time. What does that have to do with primarily? Well, it has to do with a lot of things, but one of the things on my mind when I write something like that is the type of time frame that they're running a test of. If it's off of a larger time frame that I got the number, a 240 chart, a 120 chart, a weekly chart, a daily chart, whatever it is, if it's off a larger time frame, I'm going to give them some time to run the test. The larger the time frame, the more time they need. Time is more important than price. Where have you heard that before? And by the way, here's a shameless plug. In the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, we talk extensively and I teach traders extensively how to use time with price to your advantage to understand when the market should turn around, whether it's going in the upward direction or the southern direction based on time. Not the fastest trade on the board, but the trade worked from within the zone up to a spike. When they got ready to go, they went and they went back to high of day, which you'll see discussed in the notes. We're moving along. Again, close to 10 o'clock, could take some time, but they should bounce back from in this general zone. The idea here is they haven't done anything to change the concept of the trade. If they do, I'll post it in the notes. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. That was really the main crux of what was in the notes today. There you go, 10.42, nice bounce. The first target was 385.85, then there were higher targets. Again, 
read the notes, pause the video. You'll see everything depicted on the page. This is your tour guide information all throughout the trading day. Stocks on the move. We're going to take a look at the charts of LVS or Las Vegas Sands, Twitter, and we'll also look at DOCN. The others didn't hit their objectives, therefore there are no trades, they're off the board. We don't want stuff at other people's numbers, we want it at my numbers. Slow motion deal in Las Vegas Sands, they came into the number, they found a low, they finally turned around, went back in the other direction, they did the deal, they provided more than the minimum required base hit, it took time. Time is more important than price. Summer doldrum type day, Monday, or case of the Mondays, I should say, time, it just needed extra time. Twitter, 3328 on the board, they came into it, they bounced away, they did the minimum required base hit, and then they melted away towards the end of the day. There were other numbers on the board, we may have another crack at other numbers tomorrow. No rocket rides, no great shakes, just base hits, but guess what? Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. DOCN, this is what happened with this one. It actually opened up on the number. Opening print, 4136, my number, 4136. They bounced up, so anybody that got filled at the opening bell was afforded an exit for the minimum required base hit. Then they came down, and some traders may or may not have taken the third number on the board. This one was off the board. It was wiped off because they opened below the first number. They spiked it, they bounced back over it, and they kind of fluttered away throughout the trading day. So anybody that took this trade at the third number may or may not have been able to get at a break-even. I don't know either way. But I didn't get a fill on this one. I really wasn't watching it after the opening on the print. But we'll say that the third number really didn't work as prescribed. That's okay. We take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. We all know that not every trade is going to work out. Most of them work out. That's the way this is designed. The stop on this one was 39.80, very close to the third price. So anybody that was in the trade may have gotten stopped out. However, we like stops close to risk. If you have to lose, we lose small and fast. That's the objective. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Garden variety pullback, running a test of the 20-period moving average. For guideline purposes, it would be helpful to stay above, from even a psychological perspective, the last moving average or line of defense from a moving average perspective on the daily chart for Camp IWM. If they do not, and they come down a little bit more, 170, 170, 50 is the next area of great importance where they should find support and have a reaction back in the other direction, at least or at minimum of from an intraday perspective. Remember from a weekly chart perspective, we have some unfinished business down here in Camp IWM at 161. Now, they don't have to take care of it now. They could take care of it if they wanted to. It's an awareness. It's unfinished business. And they're making a bearish pattern on the weekly chart underneath the 200-week moving average. So even if the daily chart looks like one thing, we can't lose sight of what the weekly chart looks like until it doesn't look like this anymore. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Very similar chart setup to Camp IWM. If they're going to get below the 20-period moving average, they really have to hold 13,150 
give or take, start getting much below there, and it opens the door to test the recent lows and potentially worse. When you look at the weekly chart, it's a very similar situation to Camp IWM, only look where they are in relation to the moving averages. Well above, at least from a relative speaking basis, well above the 200-week moving average, and you have that same convergence on the 100 and the 20 period up above that we talked about, for example, in the S&P chart. Big breakdown candle, they're going to want to climb it, but they are putting in a bearish, flaggish type of pattern that would definitely remove the guesswork from the 200 period moving average if they started to break down out of this bearish pattern. That's where they would be going and likely lower than that. What about the Q people? This is in a little bit of a different position than some of the other charts. They did run a test already of their 50 period moving average, got a double top situation, and look, here is really our CPI breakdown that we talked about before. They're not that far away. Money has been going into some growth slash risk type assets, namely the QQQ. Weekly chart looks more like the S&P than it does the transports and IWM. We take both at face value. How about this one running a test of the breakdown candle high somewhere in the neighborhood of 311, 312, 313. Look where the 20 period moving average is now. Where will it be next week? Maybe they're up there next week, two weeks from now, something like that, running into that 20 period moving average. We don't know that it will happen, but we can see on the chart that if they begin to push higher, the magnetism will pull them in. What about the XLF, the financials? No big fanfare or great shakes today. They're running a test of the 20 period moving average. Same scenario that we just discussed in a few of the other charts. Either this is going to be a pullback with higher prices to come, or we've got that scenario where they're riding the 200-week moving average, making a bearish pattern, and they're going to fall. The question is, do they run up to this convergence, breakdown candle, or do they just fall? We don't know yet, but what we do have are numbers that tell us that one scenario or the other is becoming more likely or less likely, and that's the way it works, one step at a time. Above 33 bucks, and they're likely running into the convergence of these moving averages. Below 31, and there's likely trouble in the financial paradise. Smash Mouth, pretty decent run off the lows. This is a pullback. They could be making a bullish pattern we don't know yet, more of a pullback and they'll come down to fill the gap. If they stay above here, they're building energy to bust through this 20 period moving average and run a test somewhere in the vicinity of these highs here. Call it 217, 218 in that ballpark. Below today's low opens the door to fill this gap down here. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.